Greetings, this is Patrick Byrne, President of the National Civic Council, an organisation founded by BA Santa Maria, with 74 years of experience now proposing real solutions to the major issues facing Australia. This podcast is from my editorial in News Weekly of April 1, 2021. Can ScoMo match Albo's $15 billion industry building fund? That's the big question. Daniel Andrews won the last Victorian state election on a plan to build Victoria. Now, Anthony Albanese has announced that Labor will establish a $15 billion national reconstruction fund to rebuild Australia's industrial capacity, including restarting the car industry, should the ALP win the next federal election. If Labor can present a vision for Australian industry, cannot Prime Minister Scott Morrison also present a serious plan to re-industrialise Australia. At the Labor 2021 National Conference, just completed recently, Albanese and his deputy Richard Miles between them announced that a Labor government would restart the car industry as part of a $15 billion national reconstruction fund to invest not only in the car industry but in defence industries, rail, shipping, medical resources, agriculture and food processing and to enable sectors like robotics and advanced data storage and processing. It would have a focus on developing regional areas. Albanese said the fund would be legislated with an independent board and invest via a mix of loans and equity stakes. Labor's platform adds a government procurement policy incentive, given the government's role as a major purchaser of goods and services. He said this was necessary as the COVID-19 pandemic had exposed serious deficiencies in Australia's economy, in particular our ability to manufacture products. Indeed, in relation to just one industry, pharmaceuticals, the Therapeutic Drug Administration has begun publicly listing drugs in short supply. Currently, around 148 drugs are in short supply, 44 are in critical short supply, and 57 are expected to be short they've overcome shortages in just 228 drugs. Miles said that the ending of the car industry had led to the loss of the most complex high-tech manufacturing in the country, the biggest deindustrialisation in Australia's history. Of course, if the full story be told, Labor needs to share the blame for the loss of the Australian car industry. Labor's policy announcement follows other moves towards reindustrialisation policy. The NCC has issued its white paper, Manufacturing Double Production by 2035, calling on the government to rebuild the manufacturing sector and to declare strategic industries, that is, those strategic to our national security, so they are not contravening the rules of the World Trade Organisation. The white paper lists 14 policies for such a program to be successful. Also, the National Party's Development Committee recently issued Australian Manufacturing 2035 with the aim of creating 800,000 new jobs by doubling industrial output over the next 15 years. At the recent NCC National Conference, Senator Matt Canavan, who was part of that committee, thanked the NCC for its White Paper's contribution to the National's policy paper. Then the Parliamentary Inquiry into the Diversification of Trade and Investment headed by Queensland LNP member George Christensen, 
recommended a development bank be established to bring about Australia's reindustrialisation. Today, for the first time in 50 years, there are political moves to reindustrialise Australia, however tentative. This will be a challenge. For those five decades, politicians have overseen the closing and moving of industries offshore and seen manufacturing shrink to 5.8% of the economy. That's far below the levels of Greece and Turkey. This has left the nation heavily dependent on imported manufacturers and on exports of minerals, coal and agricultural products to pay for these imports. So far, Morrison's stimulus for manufacturing has been an underwhelming $1.5 billion. His real challenge now is to develop a serious policy platform and make it clear that the government is going to pull out all stops towards a 15-year target to build industries. Businesses will only invest when the targets are clear and the enabling policies are in place, like government procurement of Australian products, tax incentives like those introduced during COVID-19, and policies to prevent foreign takeovers and the undermining of their investments by foreign companies. Albanese's policy has its limitations. Being heavily focused on low emissions technologies like electric cars, while still appearing committed to a fundamentalist free trade worldview. Australia is facing two external threats. First is Beijing's growing belligerence and the punishing restrictions it is placing on a range of Australian exports. Reindustrialising is not about picking winners, but about establishing strategic industries necessary to protect our sovereignty. Scott Morrison has just announced $1 billion to fast-track the creation of an Australian sovereign guided weapons enterprise, creating a new military manufacturing industry. That is one such strategic industry that we need. Second, the European Union and US President Joe Biden are threatening to impose punitive environmental tariffs on Australian exports, even though there's nothing that Australians can do to reduce carbon dioxide emissions to make any difference globally. Last year, China alone built more than three times more new coal-fired power capacity than was built everywhere else in the world and is planning more while promising to be carbon neutral by 2060. Really? All the more reason for the Coalition and Labor to have a bipartisan manufacturing plan to ensure policy continuity so that industry can plan, invest, grow and supply well-paid jobs while protecting Australia's sovereignty. Thank you for listening and read lots more at ncc.org.au.